Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. We got part two of all things the Speaker Lab history. How did we get to this point? And so, if you missed last week's episode, you want to make sure you go back and check that out. We have uh, Eric Ream, who's turning the tables on me and interviewing me. We had part one last week about kind of the the how I got into speaking, and then kind of what led to the Speaker Lab. And then today we're going to be digging into more of the Speaker Lab itself and the, the history and genesis of that. So we got a lot of uh, just some fun behind the scenes stuff I think you're really going to enjoy and get into. So uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Eric Green talking about the history of Speaker Lab. Enjoy. All right, welcome to the Speaker Lab podcast. Again, this is Eric Ream. I'm a booked and paid to speak alum and one of the newest Speaker Lab coaches on the team. This is actually part two. So we asked Grant to come back because we're having such a great time talking about the Speaker Lab journey. And I think it's important that we spend some time on this because it's really changing lives. It changed mine. I'm an example of it. And I think we really want to unpack this for you. So Grant, can you say hi to everybody out there? What up? Good to be back for part two here. And uh, if you haven't already, definitely go back and listen to part one. So uh, Eric, thanks for hosting this. And uh, thanks for being back for part two. Awesome. And you're an elite company because you now can be counted as a, a repeat guest. You are this a second time guest. How's that this make you feel? True. This feels really good. Two, <laughs> two guest spots right out of the gate. And I like this. This is nice. That's awesome. Cool. And how's it feel to just to answer questions? Is it kind of cool just to have someone else ask you the questions and you just talk about your journey? So there's pros and cons to it. One of the things we were talking about, I've been dealing with this cough. And so I've been having to mute myself a lot just to, just to get the coughs out. So if I was asking the questions, I'd get to do a little bit less talking, but I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay for today. Awesome. Okay, cool. So let's uh, recap for the listeners. We were talking about your journey and you kind of decided that you, were, you wanted to, to, to resign your position as a youth pastor. You're making about $30,000 a year at the time. This was 2005. You took a $2,500 loan, basically not a loan, a gift. That was yep. fantastic. Uh, from, uh, was it your father, you said? Yep, yep, my dad. Your father, and then you invested in a website, went to a book camp, got some business cards, which now you go back and say, well, that was probably a waste of money. You wouldn't recommend anybody get business cards, but you did yeah. do that. And then uh, about a year and a half, you started uh, really getting some, some gigs going. You started to slowly transition to becoming a full-time speaker, and you got to the 2014 that, hey, you had 70 gigs going, and you had this realization that this is awesome and everything but it's still trading time for money and there's got to be different totally. ways for you to make money. So you kind of got this, this idea that, hey, maybe I could uh, duplicate uh, how to turn this into uh, a profit, basically, a profit machine. It, it started out really as an idea for you to make some income that wasn't just you trading time for money. And yep. it was just a win-win for all of us because it turned out it also was good for people that was going through the course. And so if I remember right, it was around 2014 that you started this process, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. So we we created Books and Paid to Speak and started promoting it. And again, at the time, like I was still doing, I was still doing around 60, 70 gigs a year and still like loved speaking and had no intention of doing anything else. And so speaking was a, a big part of that. And so literally like as the online training program as Booked and Paid to Speak, we continued to do some webinars. We continued to refine the, you know, the processes and the systems for that. As that continued to increase, then I started decreasing a couple of the gigs that I was doing or being a little bit more selective on the gigs that I was doing. And so by the end of, it would have been 20, I guess it would have been the end of 2015, I think, where Booked and Paid to Speak was doing really, really well. And I saw, let's flesh this out a little bit more. And so I remember meeting with this group of, of guys I was with, this mastermind, and I remember telling them like, all right, here's my idea. At the time, I was still doing that other podcast. How did you get into that? And I said, uh, all right, here's what I've got. I'm doing a lot of speaking. I have this speaking course that's going well. And then I have this career podcast that I really like doing. And it's a lot of fun. And it's allowed me to network with a lot of people. But it doesn't really fit with what I'm doing anymore. It's just kind of out there. So I'm thinking I'm going to retire that one. And at the same time, I'm going to start a new one for speakers. Because at the time, like, and even still today, a big part of the podcast, of doing the podcast was... I get a lot of questions from people who are like, hey, you know, how do I become a speaker? What do I speak about? And how much do I charge? And what should I have on my website? And just these kind of normal good questions, the same questions that I had when I got started. And so I was like, well, you know, I can give you a quick couple of minute answer. Or what if we did like a 30 minute episode, just really talking about the ins and outs of this topic. And that way I've got a, a resource I can point people to. And so even to this day, we've got hundreds of episodes that we have done. And most of the time when someone asks a question, I point them to, like, here's the nutshell answer, but here's the bigger fleshed out answer in this, this podcast episode. And so, um, and so, yeah, we started the, the Speaker Lab podcast. We created the Speaker Lab website and just started moving more that direction of let's create the Speaker Lab. Because I, I would say this, and you know this, Eric, just from being on the team and, and for as long as we've known each other, is I've never wanted the Speaker Lab to be about me. This is not the Grant Show. I have no aspirations or desires to be the name or the guy or anything like that. Like that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily do anything for me and doesn't necessarily excite me in any way. And so that's why involving, you know, people like yourself or Melanie, who's been involved with the podcast and been involved in, in coaching and Rick and other people who are on our team who have been students, but also who have been uh, now are a part of the team in some way, like that's hugely rewarding for me because I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to I don't think I'm always the best voice on everything. So there's things that you have great experience with that you can bring to the table. Yeah. So just kind of the speaker lab has kind of evolved and, and I know we'll get into that, but it's yeah. kind of evolved over time to, to what it is today. But that's kind of how we started making that transition from, hey, here's a course to I, I think we're on to something that can be more than just a course. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've always thought about you and admired about you is you have tremendous clarity on what you want to do. Has it always been that way? Or does it, you had to develop that along the way, this clarity that, hey, this isn't about me. This is, and you seem like you're in a very comfortable place in your life right now with Speaker Lab. Has it always been that way or has it been a journey for you? Yes and no. Like I would, I would say this, like I feel very comfortable and confident in like who I am and who we are is the speaker lab. But at the same time, like I, I would say, and we've, we've talked about this, that I still have the same doubts and insecurities and fears and worries that anybody else does. And so I think it's, I think it's easy to look at anybody else, whether it's a speaker, an author, an entrepreneur, a, a musician, an athlete, whatever it may be. And we just be like, oh man, they just, they just got it together. Like life is good for them. And like, yeah, sure. There are more good days than bad days, but there are still days where you're just like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. And I, who am I to do this? And the thing that the, the thing that I find, and I can, as a quick little anecdote and story, when I started the, the first podcast, how did you get into that? Uh, I went to a kind of an, an online business conference and there's a couple of people there that I wanted to meet and some people I looked up to and people I listened to their podcasts or read their blogs or whatever. And I met them and, and I remember one night I lucked out and was able to go to dinner with several of them and just kind of snuck in with them basically. And so we're sitting at dinner and I remember just kind of like everyone's kind of talking to have these different conversations. And I remember the big takeaway for me and I remember telling my wife this was like, these people are making it up as they go, just like me. <laughs> like I've always looked up to these people and admired them and respected them. And I, I get there and I was like, well, they're still like, they're still smart people. Like that doesn't take anything away from them, but they're also just trying to figure it out and they're doing the best that they can with what they have. And like, that's no different than where I was then or where I am today. And so, yeah, we have a lot of clarity on where we're going and what we're doing. But at the same time, the truth is we're all making it up as we go. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. like there's no grand plan that like it's, it's going to, you know, this is exactly how it's going to be. And yes, we have a vision of where we're headed and what this is going to look like. But at the same time, like there's a thousand things that could throw that, that off track and send it in a bunch of other directions. And so yeah. we're all figuring it out as we go. And I'm, I'm no different. Yeah. And I think that's important for our audience. No matter what project you're working on, think about the most successful person in your industry in that project. And if you were to spend time with them, you would realize they're just big as, as big a dumpster fire as you are. They're just making a little more money than you right now. And maybe there's, maybe there's two or three years ahead of you. But that's one of the things that I realized working with you and, and working with other speakers is everybody's just trying to figure it out. And they're totally. just kind of humble on their way. But the ones that are successful are the ones that don't stop and continue on the journey and learn from the mistakes and go from there. Would you agree? We're all a bunch of dumpster fires, basically. <laughs> and so, yeah, like I, I think in some ways that's helpful for people to realize and recognize of just like we're all at any level, we're all dealing with the same doubts and insecurities and fears and worries of like some days you're like, yeah, this is, man, we got it. This is good. And days you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I think this is going to work and it's going to be a huge, or it ends up being a huge failure. Or yeah. I thought that was going to be a huge failure. And wow, it actually worked. I didn't see that coming and everything in between. So we're, yeah. we're all doing our best trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, there's actually, there's a lot to unpack here. And I think maybe we should go down this path for a second. When you were doing booked and paid to speak, was there anything that you did? It was just a monster failure. It just fell flat. Like, man, I thought that was going to work and it didn't as you were building your, building the company. So one of the things that just from a strategic standpoint that we did early on with the course is there are basically two models that I saw for people for how they launched courses. Either they did like some big open close launch. This is going to be available, you know, two or three times a year that you can enroll, that you can get in and that's it. And that felt really, really nerve wracking to me. Like that just felt like you got a couple of shots to get it right. If you don't, like you're, that really screws you up. So I'd always kind of gone down the path of, I would rather make a few sales every you know day, week, month, than have a whole bunch of sales a couple of times a year. And so we really tried to, from the beginning, be very intentional to build more of an evergreen type of model for how we were going to do this. So we were pretty intentional with that. But I remember a couple of years ago, we were like, let's give like the launch thing a shot and let, like, let's close everything down for a couple of months. And then let's try doing a launch. And the launch went okay. But at the same time, like we turned off the spigot for months and months leading up to it. And so like our our cash was just <laughs> depleting rapidly. And he was like, uh, I hope this works. I don't know if it's going to work. 
And so, you, you know, you have some of those type of moments of just like, or you do, I remember um, webinars that I've, we've done a lot of live webinars and a lot of them thankfully go well, but we've certainly had our, our share of duds of, I remember one where we get right to the pitch, right to the offer at the, right at the end. And like, we just lost the internet connection or I think the internet went out or something. And you're just like, you're scrambling. And like at that point, the momentum's gone. We had this happen a couple of months ago where we get right again, right before we make the offer, right before we get to the pitch, right before the opportunity for people to join. People are excited. The chat's excited. Everybody is ready to join. And the stream is coming through YouTube. And it was basically like a, a YouTube live that's embedded with the webinar software that we use. And all of YouTube goes down. Oh, it wasn't like my internet goes down. It wasn't like the power was affected. Like all of YouTube is down for a couple of hours. And it's, it goes down right at the point where we're getting ready to, to make an offer for people. So like those type of things that are, some are inside your control, some are outside your control. But that's also, again, part of business. And I, I think it's no different than like, there's times you and I have both done a lot of speaking gigs. And there's times where you get off stage and you're like, dude, I, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was really good today. And your times were just like, I suck as a speaker. I should, I need to go do anything else because I am not qualified to be doing this. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've absolutely had, you know, both sides of the equation. Yeah. Well, was there ever a time that the speaker lab almost didn't happen, meaning that you started it and it wasn't working the way you thought and you thought, well, maybe I just, that's not the path I want to go down. Or has it always been, it's gained momentum and you knew it was going to work? I've always felt pretty confident that I think there was something here because, and part of it was, again, going back to where I was of thinking about when I got started, I would have loved the speaker lab. I would have loved the podcast and the YouTube videos and the webinars and the trainings and the training program, and the co- courses and the coaching. Like that would have been massively valuable for me. So I also felt like I was scratching my own itch. It was an itch that I had several years before, but it was an itch that I had nonetheless. And, and so feeling like I think we're onto something here, but I also knew what I felt at the time, what I felt today is speaking is very much an aspirational thing, meaning that there's a lot of people who want to speak and some people who want to do it professionally to the scale that you and I have done it of doing, you know, 50, 60, 70 gigs a year or more. And some people are like, I don't want to speak that much, but I'd love to speak five times or 10 times or 20 times. And I just have no idea where to begin. I have no idea how to get started. And so I always felt pretty confident that that was, that there's enough people there that are interested and continue to be interested in speaking. And that if we can scratch the itch for Grant from 10 plus years ago, that I think we can, I think we can help a lot of people. Well, that's interesting because uh, I never heard you say it before. You basically were building this for you if you were to become a new speaker, what you would have wanted back then. You're totally. building that now. Totally. I remember um, <laughs> when I got started, there was a guy who I don't know if it was a podcast. I don't even know if podcasts were really much of a thing back in you know early 2000s. But I remember a guy, he had like three or four, he had done three or four interviews with other youth speakers that I looked up to. And I remember just devouring those. Just And they only had a couple of them. And I was just listening to them over and over and over again, just trying to like really understand how are people doing this? Like how are people making a living at this? And, and what, what, like, what did this look like? And so... I mean, I look at what we have now with the Speaker Lab podcast. We have, you know, 200 plus episodes here that people can go back through the archives and, mm-hmm. and listen to. And there's just a lot of, of, you know, free, valuable content here of just walking people through, here's how you do this and here's the steps that you take. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of that early on of thinking that through of, of how do I scratch the itch that I had several years before. Awesome. So let's go back to the journey then. So 2015, you're about a year into it and you made a statement, you know, we were doing really well. So what does that mean? 
when you say you're doing really well, you had made some goals and you exceeded those goals. You had huge momentum. So in 2015, you were doing really well. Can you kind of define what you mean by that? Yeah. I, and I don't remember exact numbers, but I remember, I remember we got to a point where we had made, like we'd made over a hundred thousand dollars from the course. Mm -hmm. And so just again, starting to feel like, wow, I, like it's a crap load of work, but the trade-off was I didn't have to get on a plane. I didn't have to go anywhere. We were helping people all, literally all over the world. I mean, even to this day, we have students in, in over 20 countries that we've been able to help. And so, and a lot of them I've never met in person and I didn't have to go anywhere. And so again, it was like the intention was never, I, speaking is dumb. I got to get out of this. This is horrible. I don't want to do, I still really, and I still do some speaking. I don't do nearly as much as I used to, but I still do a lot of, a decent amount of speaking, but I just knew like, I just didn't want to, I just want to build a, a business that was dependent on me always having to go somewhere. Cause it, at that point it would have, it was just a, it's just a job. And so it wasn't even necessarily a business. It was just a, I was the product. I was the speaker. And again, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a lot of what we teach people to do today. I just knew for me, I, I was getting to a point where like, as the course stuff took off and I knew we were helping more people and I, I could also see like, man, there's a lot of potential here that we can really, we can really continue to ramp this up and scale this up of what we were doing. So yeah, I think it was some of the, I think there's, there's a combination of two things that really helped give me some confidence. One was people continue to buy and people continue to join the program. And the second thing was the results people were getting. I mean, people like you, who you joined in what, 2015, 2016? Yeah, 2015. The end so, of 2015, December. So speakers like yourself who were joining and were taking action and then, and even fast forward to today, we're getting results of whether you're booking your, your 50th or your 100th gig or speakers who, I mean, almost on a, a, a weekly or sometimes almost daily basis in the, some of our Facebook groups, we hear from students who are like, I just booked my first gig for you know, $1,000, for $2,000, mm -hmm. for $5,000, you know, and like, I didn't think this was ever possible and I just followed the steps and now I'm seeing results. So those, like the combination of people are continuing to buy and people are continuing to get results of uh, those two things feeling like, yeah, there's something, there's definitely something here. Like let's, let's lean into this more and see where yeah. this takes us. Yeah. And I think it's important for the listeners to know that I think in the beginning for you is about the money and the revenue, but it's so much more than that for you based on what I've seen in our Slack channel. I notice how you like clip these wins that students have and you, and you send it out to everybody. And I can tell how proud you are of that. And so it seems to me like that's become a lot of your inspiration now more than just the money. I think the money thing's taking care of itself for you now. Now it's watching students excel and succeed. I mean, that, that's what I noticed about you. You're very humble about it, but you celebrate the wins with the students, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'd say a couple things on that. One is like, like, make no mistake, we're running a, a business. And so we all, like we say, we have to eat and live indoors. And so not only do I want to provide a great life for my family, but we also have, we have a bunch of people, yourself included, who we have made financial commitments to. And so I, I have to make sure that we have enough money coming in to pay those people because you're not going to be real happy with me. It was like, Hey man, we didn't make enough sales this month, but uh, hang tight. We'll figure it out. So I have to, from a financial fiscal responsibility standpoint, I got to make sure we do that for our team and for my family. But at the same time, every time I post something, you know, internally of someone who just booked their first gig or just had some big breakthrough accomplishment, like for me, I think back to what we talked about in the previous episode of part one of this conversation of like, when I booked that first gig for myself of just like, 
yes, getting a thousand dollar check was amazing, but also just the mental switch that that clicked for me and what that made possible. And so I know for them, when someone shares, I just booked my first gig or I just had a great event or I just whatever, or I just finished my website or I just had a positive conversation with a client that I think they may book me. That first domino like has massive effects for them for years to come, not just for them, but for their, for their family as well. So I've always, I'm the one that's, that's getting on airplanes and going and doing webinars or standing on stages and all that stuff. But I know that my family, my wife, my daughters have reaped massive benefits from that as well. And that's something that you and I talk about is that's something that I'm deeply passionate about is I, yes, I want to be a great entrepreneur and yes, I want to make a difference for a lot of people, but like my primary responsibility is to be an amazing husband and to be an amazing father because my wife is stuck with me and I want to make her life as good as possible. And my kids, I have three amazing daughters and they didn't get a choice. Like my wife had a choice. Like she could have backed out at any point, but she's stuck now. But my kids, they didn't get a vote. Like they have no choice in who dad was. And so uh, I want to be the best possible father for them as well. And so, um, so that means, so all that to say like, the people that we have helped through Booked and Paid to Speak and through the Speaker Lab, I know it's benefiting them as the speaker, but I also know that it's benefiting the people that are, are around them. And one other thing I'd, I'd say on that is that you know this from just being as part, a part of the team, and we've talked a, a little bit on this, but like, I really firmly believe that like, this is not about me. Like, this is not the Grant Show. And so whenever someone says, Grant, I, I was on your webinar and then attended your and then joined Booked and Paid to Speak Elite. And I just want to thank you for how helpful it's been. And I booked my first gig or I booked my 10th gig. And this has been awesome. Or I just booked my highest paying gig. And Grant, you're awesome. I was like, that's great. But people need to know there's a lot of other people behind the scenes that help mm -hmm. make that happen. You yeah. being one of them, right? And so there's so many others that are involved in it. So that's why I want to share those things with the team so that the team knows that everyone was a part of this. I may have been the person that was on stage. I may have been the person that's on a webinar. I may have been the person that did a podcast interview, but there's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes that have to happen in order for someone to be able to yeah. attend a webinar or to listen well, to a podcast or whatever it may be. Well, I think it's important you say that because I want to talk about that anyway. You've mentioned this a lot throughout the conversation. Back in 2014, you said we were doing this. In 2015, you said we were doing this. Yep. And I think one of the reasons why Speaker Lab is successful is because you don't make it about you. It's why I can coach and Rick Clements can coach because you're not making it about you and people are willing to accept coaching from folks other than Grant Baldwin. So if you positioned yourself as the man, then Speaker Lab wouldn't be able to grow because you only have so much time in a day. Totally. So let's talk about the we. Who was the we back in 2014? Was it you and an imaginary friend? And let's talk about how this we grew because I think we. this is the time to talk about how great the Speaker Lab team is. That's one of the things I realized when I came on the team is how robust the team is and how fantastic they are. So can you take us through the journey? I mean, how did you scale and talk a little bit about when you say we, what did that look like in 2014 and what's that look like now? Yeah. So I've always been um, very intentional to talk about in terms of just pronouns, we, us, our, it's not my, me, I, we're all a part of this, right? What it looked like early on was one of the first people I started, well, to even back up, even in my speaking career, there's a gal, Lisa, that I worked with for about nine years. And so as I was traveling and I was booking and speaking gigs, she helped a ton on the on the back end side of she was helping with contracts and logistics and emails and support and travel and just all these like nuances behind the scenes that needed to happen in order for me to, to show up on stage. So I did, the, I did the same approach with her of just like, yeah, I may be the one that's on stage and going to speak and I may be the one that's, that's signing autographs or taking pictures, but 
I can't get there if you, if we don't if we don't book the gig and we don't get a contract signed and you don't book a flight and like there's a lot of things you do that make this possible and so you're just as much a part of this and so whenever we started doing like when we, whenever we first started with the the podcast and then the that first online course clarity course and the podcast how did you get into that again I have some tech abilities but I knew my I knew I had some serious limitations and so. I ended up finding a guy that I hired by the name of Jeff. And uh, Jeff and I keep in touch today. I had a, a buddy of mine who hired him and he works with them now. And um, I was just like, I just need some help on the tech stuff of how do I set up a webinar and how do I set up a course and how do I get a podcast up and running and how do I just do some of these things? And so Jeff worked with me for a long time, helping with some of these like just back-end things, the, the tech part that I just didn't fully understand. And so he worked with us for a while. And then over time, we just we slowly added people as yeah, as we needed them, really. So like for a long time, I was the only person that did customer support. And then we got to a point where we get a lot of support emails that come in from existing students, from prospective students, from people who are, are interested in something. And so, you know, we hired Rachel and Rachel helps with a lot of that today. And then we've hired, you know, we have different sales reps that uh, work on the team for various roles. And, you know, we have your, like people like yourself and, and Rick who do a lot of the coaching with students. And so we have a lot of admin team. Lissa has been on the team for over a year and she does a lot behind the scenes with my schedule and to coordinate logistics and detail a lot of like moving pieces with the podcast and the YouTube videos or Nick who does a lot with the marketing. And so he and I work closely together. Brian who writes a lot of our emails. And so we just like, there's just a lot of people there. Uh, Natalie who like helps make the ship run. It kind of helps keep all the people together and marching in the right direction. And so a lot of this has just kind of evolved over time where none of it was like necessarily this master plan of, okay, in six months, we're going to hire this person. And then two weeks after that, we're going to hire this person. And it's just kind of, where's the business at? Where's the points where we feel strained? Where are the people that we need that can help with those different parts? And kind of added people as we've, as we've gone from there. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we have a great team mm-hmm. today. And, but it, that team has also kind of you know evolved and changed over time as well. Yeah. I think it's important for everybody to know that's in the speaker lab or want to get in the speaker lab is that there's a fantastic team that's supporting the program and it just keeps getting better. And I think that's fantastic. And you've done a very good job and been intentional with that. And so I've only been involved now for two or three weeks now, maybe a month. And it's even better than I thought it was going to be. So it's been fantastic. So let's move on to the future real quick. And can you give us an idea of you know, the Speaker Lab as where it is right now in 2019. Where do you see Speaker Lab going in the next three to five years? Where do you want to take it? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, I think what we do in terms of helping speakers understand how to find and book speaking gigs will always be a key piece of what we do because that's a, a need that speakers will always have. It was a need that I had 10, 12 years ago. It was a need that speakers 20, 30 years ago had. The speaking industry is one of those that has been around for literally decades and decades and is going to be around for a long time to come. And so this need is always going to be there. It's kind of like writing a book, right? That's the way I like to think of it is there's been people for decades who've wanted to write a book and decades from now, there will be people who want to write a book who will need help with that. And decades ago, there were people who wanted to know how to become a speaker and decades from now, there'll be people who want to know how to become a speaker. And so I know that like um, from that standpoint, we have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of job security that there's a lot of people who want that help. And some people today who are listening going, okay, I am in that spot where, you know, Grant was when he got started, when Eric or when you were when you got started, and I need that help now. And there are people who 
who are out there who are in their job or who are doing something else and speaking semi on the radar and they don't even know it's a thing and they haven't discovered us yet and they haven't come across us yet and they don't even know we exist. And there will come a point where they may come across our stuff. And so we have those people to help as well. So I, I, I just think there's always going to be people who are interested in speaking and who need the help to know how to, to find and book gigs. Now, how we deliver that may evolve and change. Today, we do that through a, a digital course. We do that through group, group coaching programs. So we have a couple different ways of what that looks like. But in a couple of years, that may look totally different depending on what are the ways that... Um, one of the things that we regularly evaluate is just asking students, what's the best way that we can help you? Like, where do you feel stuck? So for example, within our elite program, something that you're really involved in is we have a lot of people who are like, okay, I, I get you know, several parts of this. The part I get stuck on is creating a website, for example, or creating a demo video. I am not a tech savvy person. And so how do I do that? And I was the same person. Like I didn't know how to create a website. I had to hire someone to help create a website. And so now as part of our elite program, we have an option where we can build your website for you or we can build your video for you. And so for us, a lot of it is looking to figure out what are the challenges and needs that speakers have. And it's not that different than what I had, you know, 10, 12 years ago. It's not that different than what you had a few years ago. And figuring out how do we how do we solve those issues for speakers? How do we solve those challenges? So, okay, you don't know how to create a website. You don't know how to create a video. All right, let's figure out how could we create that for you? How can we work with you or do that for you to create that? Okay, what else do you have? I'm having trouble finding leads. Okay, what if we just found leads for you and specifically for you? And so that's part of our elite program as well. And so those type of things that just trying to figure out where is it that people get stuck and how do we either do those things for you or help you to do those things better and continually find opportunities to train you to do that or do that with you or for you that helps people ultimately know how to find and book gigs. So yeah, that's a, that's definitely the, the direction yeah. we'll head. So it sounds to me like you see the core of the business staying intact, but just constantly sharpening it up, making it better, finding uh, pain points that aren't being met, and how can we better meet those? But it sounds like the program's still going to be from a from a user experience, virtual based, right? And maybe phone, uh, you know, meeting based things like that. Probably. But at the same time, like we've dabbled with doing a, an event before. We've dabbled with a couple of like in-person things. And so I, I would think of it like, here's a way to think of it is like, you look at one of my favorite fast food places is Chipotle. I love me some Chipotle, right? Chipotle has been around for a long time and hopefully they will be around for a long time because that makes my belly and my heart happy. And so Chipotle is, is not sitting around going like, all right, we do burritos and tacos and bowls and salads pretty well. How do we get into pizza? Like how do we, how can we do pizza, right? It's like, no, no, it's just like, how do we continue to do burritos and tacos and bowls and salads really, really well and create a, the best possible user experience? Like that's something, a customer experience is something I'm, I really think a lot about in my own world, like great customer experience brings me so much happiness and joy and like a crappy customer experience with a company or business like just annoys me to no end. And so that's one thing of just like, Man, if we if we offer great content, but it's a really crappy experience for people, like we're we're really missing missing it there. So part of it is just always looking at that as well of how do we continue to offer a, a great experience for people. And there's a lot of things that we can do to improve on that. So yeah, we want to continue to help people know how to find and book gigs. Well, this has been fantastic, Grant. This is we only got a couple minutes left, but it goes by fast, doesn't it? It does, really, man. Yeah, so we only got a few minutes left, and I think this would be good for the audience if you can kind of quickly recap for us here, or give us an idea, because you've seen a lot of speaker, or a lot of speakers or students go through the course. Is there any indicators when you you see you you see a new student and interact with a new student? Can you predict how well that student's going to do based on? 
pretty quickly? Can you thin slice that pretty quickly? And if that's the case, what are some traits that you found over the years doing this now for five or six years training folks that you could pass on that you notice with students? Yeah, I mean, well, I'd say one of the biggest things is that, and this is something we've, we've touched on and something we, we say a lot is that this is simple, but it's not easy, right? In the same way that an analogy I've used before is, it's like if you wanted to lose 10 pounds, how do you lose 10 pounds? Well, it's pretty simple. Like you just, you eat better and you exercise more. That's pretty much it, right? Now there's a lot of nuance that goes into that of how to do that, but it, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's still, it's still really hard. And so I heard something that, and you may have said this line or someone I heard say this line about the difference between being committed and interested. Was that you? No. Okay. No, someone, else, someone said this recently. It was just like, there's the difference between being committed to something and being interested in it, right? So there are certainly people who come to the speaker lab who are, who are interested. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, speaking would be kind of intriguing. Yeah, that's kind of, that'd be kind of awesome. That'd be fun to do. And they're just kind of, yeah, yeah, I'll just kick the tires. And it's just kind of interesting. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And there's certain things that in life that we find ourselves, we're just like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that, right? Versus like, when I got started speaking, I was all in on this. I'm committed and I'm going to make this happen. And that means I'm going to, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to just like when it's a grind. Uh, I remember a speaker telling me early on is like, as much as you may love speaking, like you have to fall in love with the process and the work. Right. And so a lot of times we're like, we look at the results and you got to be on stage and you got to travel first class. Or you got to, you got to stay in this presidential suite or you got to take autographs. You got to sign autographs or take pictures. You got, you got to do the glamorous, sexy part, but like nobody wants to do the work that gets them there. Right. And again, it's the same thing of like at the time of this recording, we're coming up on summer and man, I, I want my, I want to look good this summer. And when I go to the pool, I want my wife to be like, dang, honey's looking nice. <laughs> but like, you, you can't just be like, I'm interested in that, but I don't want to like, I, I still want to eat cake and ice cream and donuts all the time and think that like it's going to work out. Like it just doesn't work like that. So the, the speakers that come in and like, no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I am committed to this. And that's not something I'm just like, you know, loosely interested in. So if you're yeah. committed and you're just like, again, going back to where I was at the beginning where you were at the beginning of having the potential, but needing the plan, then absolutely. We, yeah. we can help you. It's simple, but it's not easy. But if you're ready to do the work, we can, we can help people make it happen. Awesome. So what I'm hearing you say is that when you see a speaker come to the speaker lab and they're, they're ready for the grind, you know, they got a good shot at it. 100%. And it's funny. And it's funny you brought that up. Uh, you get to stay in the presidential suite. You and I were talking offline. I literally, I did this, this talk in Michigan last yesterday and they put me in the presidential suite. It was gorgeous. But you know what? When I got there, I was so freaking exhausted. I couldn't enjoy it because I've been grinding. Totally. <laughs> so I got there and I went to sleep. It didn't matter if I was in a cot or a tent. It didn't matter because I'm just grinding as a speaker. You know, totally. so that's fantastic. So, all right, Grant. So as we close this up, someone's listening to this podcast right now and they're not in the speaker lab. They're basically you back in 2005. What would you say to that person who's listening and they're thinking about becoming a speaker? What would be your piece of advice to them? Yeah, I would say, again, kind of reiterating what we've talked about, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so you can do this, but you just have to decide if you're interested or if you're committed. And so if you're committed, if you're like, yeah, this is the path I'm going to go down and I want to be a speaker and I know that I can help people. I know that I can make a difference and I want to make a, an impact and an income from speaking then we can absolutely help you make that happen. And so you can do that a couple different ways. If you want to keep kicking the tires with the speaker lab, uh, again, we've got hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcast recording for free that you can go listen to. We have the YouTube channel. 
over at youtube.com slash the speaker lab that you can go check out the speech breakdowns that we do there. We have a lot of free content that you can, you can consume a lot of blog posts and articles on our website that you can go through and consume. But if you're ready to get coaching and get the feedback and get the game plan, then uh, you definitely need to, to join one of our programs. So if you're interested in like the elite program where we really work hand in hand with you for group coaching or one-on-one coaching, we have a, a limited number of, of spots available for that. So we we can't work with everybody. There's a lot of people that apply that we we don't even, we reject their application, you know, not to be mean or anything, but we want to work with people that we know we can help and we know we can get who are serious and know we can help them get results. So if people are interested in that, then go to uh, thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Now you can apply to talk with our team and uh, we can kind of walk you through some of the different programs and options that we've got, what you're looking for, what your speaking goals are and how we can help you. So yeah, definitely check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Well, Grant, I think I can uh, speak for all of us that are listening to this. It was fantastic. And I'm encouraged to know that Number one, uh, you've got the energy, the clarity, and the vision to keep this thing going. There's a lot of folks out there that need this. And for anybody who's thinking about the speaker lag, I will tell you, we got a great leader, we got a great team, and we got a fantastic future. And if you're interested in speaking, this is the place to be. So, hey, Grant, appreciate you very much. This has been fantastic. And for all you speakers out there, continue in the grind, and we'll see you on the speaking trail. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed the part two here of how the Speaker Lab came to be. And uh, sometimes it's just fun to peek behind the curtain there. And I hope that was helpful. Hope that was beneficial to you. I hope you, you learned something and uh, had some takeaways there of uh, how we got to this point. Hey, again, like we mentioned, if you would like to, to work with us, if you would like for us to work with you on helping you build your speaking business, if you want to plan in a system for how to find and book paid speaking gigs, if you need clarity on what you should be speaking on, who you should be speaking to, who books speakers like yourself, if you need help with your website, your demo video, finding specific speaking leads specific to you, then I would encourage you to check out our elite program. You can do that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. We'd love to have a conversation with you, learn more about your goals, what you're looking for, and how we can work together and help you out in your speaking business. So again, check that out by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, that wraps up episode 238. We'll catch you next time, my friend. You're awesome.